Hi there, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Now, before we get started with today's episode, which is with my good friend, Lindsay Mayuga, the host of She Makes Waves, I wanted to start off by making a special announcement. My program, The Perfect Post, is back. If you want to save time on Instagram and get more of your dream clients sitting in your chair, The Perfect Post is exactly what you've been looking for. It is going to take you from overwhelmed to confident. I would love for you to check it out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes or you can head over to my Instagram page, it's Jody Brown, for more information. Today's episode is a collaboration between She Makes Waves and Hairstylist Rising. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to Hairstylist Rising podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. All right. Well, two of your favorites are back. It's Jody Brown and Lindsay Mayuga, and we are going to come back and hit you guys with some realness and some social media, just insight into the back end and understanding how we can set our businesses and lives up to be sustainable. And Jody, I just take it away. Oh, hey. I'm so excited to be back. Um, I always love chatting with you, and I think it's so cool to be able to record this episode from two different perspectives. So um, Lindsay definitely brings that like stylist perspective, putting it into action. And then of course, I can help kind of clear up some social media misconceptions and all the different things that um, we're being told and what you actually need to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because yesterday I just went down this rabbit hole. Like I'm going to get scheduled, I'm going to get organized, I'm going to start to have a little bit more of a method to my madness. And then as I got further down the road of scheduling, it was like, okay, well now, well now I've got another question and now, okay, so then I do this and then, but then when do I post? And there's just so much um, nuance I feel to, to this social media world when you're trying to like have it fit in your life. And I think always I'm amazed by the amount of strategy behind what, make, what people make look so effortless. So I just am really excited to hear your perspective and learn. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you phrase it like that, because I honestly think the strategy is what makes it more effortless. Like it's always harder to set it up, obviously, but it gives you so much breathing room and it gives you so much clarity um, when it comes to like what you're actually hoping to achieve with your social media strategy. And I think my favorite part of scheduling is it takes the expectation off of every single post. That is something that I think I'm seeing more and more of is like, um, especially as I'm getting further into like group coaching and, you know, just chatting with stylists, I'm hearing a lot of like, I'm saving this content because I don't want to waste it. Um, cause I don't want to 
have this post, this amazing post, and then have it not do as well. So I see a lot of us are getting really, really attached to the outcome of a single post. Um, So when you're batching content and you're kind of putting it all together, I feel like there's a little bit less of that attachment to each individual piece of content because that's something we can't control. Right. It's almost like yesterday when I was doing it, it's almost like putting a quilt together. Like you can preview what it will look like. And so it's less about that one better be amazing and more about like, this is the overall image. This is the overall vibe. Like these are the overall themes that I talk about. And I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think that we're intimidated by the strategy, but I think that we keep ourselves kind of in a hamster wheel of just like, every day putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to come up with something amazing. It's like, Oh, I got pom-pom keychains. Okay. I've got to pull a rabbit out of my ass with a post with this. And it's just like, it feels very reactionary. Yes, totally. <laughs> that is, that was so just cool. last week. That's, that's true. Real life. Yeah. <laughs> I love the real life examples. The quilt visual is perfect. Like, I think that's exactly what it is. It's not about like every single post you make. It's about, um, the overall like vibe and what you're conveying. Like that's why whenever I talk to anyone about social media, literally the first thing I ask is like, why are you using it? Like, are you using it to get more clients? Are you using it just because you want to build authority? Like, do you want to educate? Do you want to work with brands? Like what is your actual goal? Because like 90% of the things we like we care about and we start stressing out about have absolutely zero relevance on the actual outcome of our strategy. Does that make sense? Like, yes. if your goal is to get clients in your chair, then why would you be upset with yourself for losing followers that are like, you know, 3000 miles away from you? It, it doesn't right. make any sense. Right. So I think, um, that by kind of narrowing in and like, I guess redefining our expectations of, our social media efforts can be a little bit liberating. Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm early on in that process and I'm like, okay, this is, I think what's hard is it's been hard to sit down and to like really just hammer it out. And I feel like one of my core things is being authentic. And I think being like, okay, if I schedule these, are they going to just be forced and gimmicky and fake? But I think that's a limiting belief I have because as I sat down and I really carved the time out, I was like, shit, this is cool. Yes, totally. Um, and you know what? That was the exact same belief that I had before I started scheduling. And it's actually why I didn't do it for so long. Cause I was like, well, what if, um, what if I have something I really want to talk about, but scheduling also, I mean, it's not set in stone. It's not like you hit save and then you could never change it again. Like if something comes up and you want to talk about it, you just shift it. But at least you have the framework there. Well, and I also feel like yesterday as I was sitting down, I was kind of like putting little themes almost like, and I I felt like in a way it was kind of more vulnerable to schedule because I'm like thinking and going down memory lane and thinking about my experiences. And I was like, I feel kind of like a writer. I mean, I know I'm like, I was doing it from my laptop versus like, I'm always just like hammering it out on my phone quick and just like under the gun. So I don't know. I feel like it kind of has a totally different vibe. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It just kind of gives you, I do find it like really, um, 
I find it really easy to look at the big picture and like what you want to deliver to your audience, I guess. So the way that I always plan content and the way that I teach planning content is about like making sure you hit the key categories that you need to kind of serve and share yourself with your audience and like potential dream clients. So the idea of scheduling works really well with that because you can make sure that you're you're giving people like what it is that you want to share and you can make sure that you're you're getting that connection between the message that you have inside and what you're actually presenting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. And then I think the other thing is like we were talking about before this, like just like showing up kind of imperfectly and being seen, like, I think it's kind of scary. And even as I've been, you know, doing my reels and as much fun as I have doing them, I am always kind of like, oh my God, like, what are people going to say about this video? Is that (laughs) something that people should lean into or like how, how, how much of yourself should you bring? Because I feel like I've been, I've been bringing the weirdness at a level that I haven't before. And I feel in so many ways better, but then like, I think because it's actually who I am, it can be a little scary and like, oh my gosh, like two people unfollowed my pregnancy reel today. Like I, you know, you can kind of get kind of hypersensitive. It's that vulnerability hangover. Yeah. I think it's Brene Brown that says that, who talks about that vulnerability hangover. Um, And it's almost like, yeah, you, you feel really great about sharing something and you want to share it. And then after you're like, should I have said that? Like, should, should I have done that? Um, and I think that's a hundred percent just one of those mindset things that it's, you have to continually, you have to continually work on it, I think, because I'm not sure that that, that after vulnerability thing ever goes away. Yeah, no, it hasn't for me so far, but I feel like when I'm like, I think, but it's like when you show up and people see for who you actually are and the right people stay, you're like, okay, it's worth losing a couple of those Pams, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, and I've, I've totally been there too. Like I know all the strategy behind this, but like, honestly, um, I did a podcast interview and talked about my like journey with secondary infertility and all that kind of stuff. And I felt that vulnerability hangover for like two weeks after I was like, oh my goodness, like, I can't believe I talked about this. Like, and it, it didn't even like, it's not even attached to anything. It's not even like a, oh, this will happen if someone hears it. It's just, I think it's just that general feeling of like opening yourself up. Yeah. So as far as like, like with, with scheduling and things like that, like, as I posted about like how I was getting organized, there were people that were like, oh my gosh, I have someone that does it for me. I have this like, can you give us a little insight? Because like a lot of, like, are a lot of people not doing their own posts or a lot of people having someone else proofread them or do creative direction or what, what's, what's going on out there? There's so many different things going on out there, honestly. Um, so I know there's, there's so many different ways to do this. Um, a lot of stylists who are, you know, really who are wanting to kind of have a hand in it will will create the content and then have like a VA or someone like that um, post it for them and tweak it for them. Then there's also stylists who are just hiring a full-on um, like content creator, basically, which, and I know this sounds inauthentic, but here's the thing. If you have someone who's doing it properly, they know your brand, they know your voice. Like there is probably a ton of people that are 
outsourcing this and you would never know because it is still very authentic to them. Um, so authenticity doesn't necessarily have to mean killing yourself, doing every single thing by yourself. It just means ensuring that like you are bringing your message and your brand and your personality into your marketing. So that's another way that you can do it. And then something that I'm actually starting to do is instead of actually taking over people's accounts, doing almost like a strategy session. So taking a look at like, what is it that you want to convey? How is it that you want to show up for your audience? And then almost pre-planning and scheduling that content with a guide. So with someone who can help take your ideas and turn them into a strategy. Right. Like I would love to do that. And also like even like thinking about like how I've got my next like almost month plan. Like I would love like, like I know people have said like they call it like, you know, Instagram audits, things like that. But I would love, I think that'd be so cool because like someone like you would be able to go in there and go, Hey, I'm loving all these quotes. I'm loving the vibe we're not talking enough about, like, I'm wondering now, am I not talking enough about business and hair? And I feel like your perspective would be able to just like, just tweak it to the left a little bit, you know, like get the direction going in the, in, cause I feel like so often myself, other people I've talked to, like we have like everything almost right, but there's just like one, one, like one little element that's off. It's like, oh my gosh, like you're not even mentioning X, Y, and Z. Like if you mention that, that's this, that's your secret sauce. Like the whole thing comes together. I feel like that would be so cool for people to be able to have a resource like you that's tailored to their business. Cause like, I feel like you can only take a, like a, like a online course so far without having it be so customized to you. So you're saying people could talk to you once a month or, quarterly even like is that are you thinking like is this something that people can just get like a framework built with you on yeah and there's so in in all of my courses like the main thing that and and in like my one-on-one coaching and consulting work I use something that I created and it's called a core content framework so basically what it is is it goes in and we like by using your values um, as a brand and as a human, um, using your voice, what you want to convey and your messaging and your ideal client avatar. So those three things, that is what we use to develop like your core content categories essentially. And that way you can make sure that you are like, you know what it is that you want to communicate, you know, what, what things are going to connect and the purpose behind them. And then that's what you use as a resource when you're creating content essentially. Um, so I've even designed a planner that, that comes in a couple different, um, it's just like a printable and that way you can use it because I'm a pen on paper person and I always have been to kind of like sketch out your generals so that when you come to create your content, it's almost like that trigger, um, to, to, you know, remind you, oh, like I haven't touched on this. Oh, I haven't touched on this. So as far as a strategy session, that is what I would use. And we would kind of take a look at all of your messaging and like this, it's a two hour session. So whether, I mean, I think like how long out of it you get depends on where you are in your journey. Like oh, if you I love have, that. 
Yeah. Like I think like if we need to spend a ton of time, um, you know, really diving into your brand, you're probably looking like that's probably not quite for you. You're probably more wanting to go with like coaching um, or one of my other programs. But like if you are pretty clear on that, then you just need help. Like, okay, how do I actually create a strategy and how do I most effectively deliver this content? Um, That is where it's a really great idea to have like a strategy session. I think that's so cool. I think that sounds just really uh, digestible and like not like this huge undertaking of commitment, time, resources, anything. It seems like, again, just to get going in the right direction. That sounds so cool. Yeah. And I think like for some people, it's it'll be great for them to just have a one-off. For some people, the accountability is absolutely everything. And I'm one of those people. A hundred percent. I love that. I was just talking to Teddy about how how having a group of people or just even a person to hold you accountable is a game changer. Oh, I like, I could not agree more. It's so, so, so true. Um, and I think, yeah, just having, like, I think too, as independent stylists or, you know, even people who are moving into coaching, who are working more alone, even just having someone to you know, bounce your ideas off and get feedback from. That's what a lot of, that's kind of where a lot of this idea for these strategy sessions came from, because I was like, you know, it's not necessarily that people need someone to take it over. It's not necessarily even that they don't know what they're doing. It's more that it's like, like you said, there's just that thing that needs to be tweaked that would make it just so much more effective. And having someone who is a little bit detached from your business, but can still get in there and like kind of spotlight everything, I think would be really helpful for for most people in business. Yeah, because I think sometimes like, sometimes I think it's like people don't know who they are. I've definitely been there. And then I also think that when you do know who you are, what you do or what you're into is so like innate to you that you don't know necessarily like, oh, that's one of my core values. Like, oh, I thought- I, that's just that's just me being me. Like I think that that clarity would be, you know, like that excites me about these strategy sessions. Yes, totally. And then, like after you do that, then that's where you would do something like either, um, you know, put it all into later, or if you want to be totally hands off, you hire a VA because. They like you know, there's a lot of VAs that are really great with, you know, doing the like posting and checking out your analytics and all that kind of stuff. So if you do want to be hands off, but still be really authentic, then that's a really great way of doing it. Yes, and I've had a VA. I just did it in the wrong order, which is how I do most things. Um, <laughs> and then I arrive at the destination I want to be at, but I just it's a it's in a different order. And I would 100% hire her again with just kind of the self-awareness around like what a VA does versus what I wanted them to do. I think I was looking for a content creator slash virtual assistant. She was wonderful. Like I feel like I'm I'm in all these apps and Asana and um, what's it called? Later, all these things because of her, she taught me how to do Canva. I learned so much, but I think- like, you know, and I've talked, we've, I've talked to Don Bradley about this. Like there is a time where I think we kind of jump the gun on outsourcing because mm-hmm. we're like, okay, we want it to be better, but, but I didn't have the strategy. I didn't have like the actual framework for the business I wanted to have. And then it's like, I had this amazing resource 
uh, a virtual assistant at my the tip of my hands, but I didn't have enough of a strategy behind like what I needed her for. And now if I were to go back into it, oh my gosh, I'd be so excited to have her. And I was excited. I just, I needed to actually be planning my content. I needed to actually be doing this stuff and not expecting there to be a magic wand. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the thing, right? It's, it's, it's not always about like who you've hired or, you know, any of that. I think a lot of it comes down to, and I've done this too. I've done it in the wrong order as well, where you hire or outsource thinking, okay, this is going to be the magic bullet that like fixes my issue. But it's like you said, the strategy, it, it has to come first. Yeah. Lesson learned. But also I always think something's going to be my magic bullet. Like I, I'm like, oh, you know what? I hire this assistant. I'm like going to be able to like easy breezy lane. No, I, I, it's always, it's always funny how we think we have to get this one next thing that like, I think that what you're saying is just like, it's very empowering to be like, we actually have a lot more capacity. And that's what Dawn's taught me too. Like, you know, like there's a time where like, you should know how to do everything. That doesn't mean you don't outsource. It doesn't mean you don't, but kind of, I think we sometimes keep ourselves stuck or being like, well, it's just, it's just where it's at because I'm only Lindsay and I can only do so much. But I think that's just like, me staying small. Yeah, no, I think that's, I've, I've totally been there too. Like, that's such a good point. And it's funny that you're saying this because I think if you asked, like I, Lindsay and I both work with Donna as our mentor a lot of the time or, or have, and, um, I'd say like probably 50% of my conversations with her are me being like, Ooh, maybe I'll do this new thing. And she's like, or, maybe that's not what's going to fix like your issues. Maybe you just need to like zone in on this. So it's yes. funny how even though we know these things, um, sometimes just having a mentor to be like, you know, maybe we just look at this a little bit differently um, can make all the difference. Well, and seeing too, like one thing that I have really admired too is like, you know, you see someone like Dawn and you're like, well, she must not do, know how to do any of her stuff. She just must have a whole team. And she does have people that help her. But mm-hmm. one thing that has blown me away about her is, is her, her just level of detail and organization in every part of her business. Totally. No, I totally agree. And um, I think that, again, it a lot of it comes down to that strategy, right? So if you can create that in... And I think for hairstylists too, like we always like relating it back to being behind the chair. Um, there's so many things that we do systemize. And then as far as like marketing, because it is all, it, it's becoming more of a necessity and there's always going to really be, is. there's always going to be exceptions to the rules. Like you're always going to hear hairstylists who are like, I don't use Instagram and I have a perfectly good business. And that's awesome. I'm like no shade there. That's I'm sure that that's going to work for a lot of people. Um, but the fat, like the fact of the matter is that in a lot of cities, like that's what clients are doing. Like you have to meet them where they're at. Right. Um, well, so I have something to say about that too, because yes, I didn't grow my business on social media, but, but, and it works for the business I've had, but the business I want to have, like, you know, and I think that people need to not be complacent and be like, well, yeah, I've got all my root touch-ups and like my business is rock solid. Like my bread and butter people, they don't have social media, but it's like, is that the business you want to have in five years? Cause if it's not, we need to start kind of mapping out a plan to have a clientele that has access to you that you actually want. 
Absolutely. And I, I'm going to say something that's probably going to be extremely controversial. Um, but a lot of the advice that I'm seeing from, you know, I, I think there's so many different opinions, right? But a lot of advice that I'm seeing as far as like, because when you think about Instagram for me, when I think about Instagram for a hairstylist, it is a marketing channel. And like, I would argue it's probably one of the best marketing channels um, because you're meeting people where they're at, where they're searching for things. And a lot of advice that I hear is, well, if it overwhelms you, just don't do it. Um, if it overwhelms you, just, you know, quit. But can you imagine if we gave that advice for other parts of hairstylist business? Like if you don't like bookkeeping, just don't do it. Like if, mm -hmm. if you don't like ordering, if you don't like cleaning your salon, just don't do it. Like no big deal. Everything will be fine. So I think that I know that this is probably not what, you know, a lot of people probably would disagree with me and that's totally fine. But I just think that like, there's such an opportunity. And if you are wanting to grow your business and, or you're wanting to, you know, evolve your business, I think that there's so many other options to beat overwhelm other than just not doing it. Yeah. And I do think that right now in the, in the very unique set of just life things that are happening in the world, this, I feel like hairstylists are hunkering down and going, what do I want from my life? What do I want from my business? What do I want from my career? And I feel like people that are like really taking this time and saying, okay, I'm not as booked in the salon. So like, what do I, like just getting a little bit of distance from it and, and seeing that like we can use this time, even though it's scary and uncertain and we can like actually like kind of pivot our businesses and grow in directions that we kind of were too busy in our businesses to really uh, locate or identify prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think exactly like it's, it, it was almost like the kind of, um, it almost like spotlighted what was going on in our lives. Like yeah. it kind of was like, okay, like this is because, and we talked about this before, but like we relate so much of our worth to like what we do day to day. Right. So, um, especially as hairstylists. So being like crazy busy behind the chair, doing all these things, like it's easy to push off. Like, what do we actually want our jobs to look like? What do we actually, and I think you talk about this, like, what do you want your ideal day to look like? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, like, I like to think of, you know, your marketing as an opportunity to design that. There's a lot that goes into it, but like, if if like I could say that you could find like the perfect client who wants the hair that you want to do, who wants to come in at the hours that you want to work and who wants to pay the prices that you want to charge and will have so much fun in your chair because you guys are really aligned. Like that sounds like a dream, right? Yeah. And I think that it's like, so it's so counterintuitive to what we've been taught. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, there's very few ways that you can kind of form a connection. Like, you know, I think that like social media marketing gets a lot of flack sometimes, you know, for being like really like draining or really um, difficult to do. And I think a lot of it is just like, we, we just expect to know how to do it. And it's like anything, like anything that you don't you know, take the time to learn and, 
master is going to be overwhelming, but it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Totally. And I would even kind of take that back to the scheduling. Like when I had my virtual assistant, like she introduced me to the software. She kind of loaded it, kind of showed me how, and then I took a break from it. And then coming back to it yesterday, I was like, this is just how I learn. Like I'm not someone that's going to be an exceptional off the bat. Like I have to kind of put my, dip my toe in, understand something, get frustrated, take a step back. I did the same thing with my coaching business. Like this is how I learn. And I think you're right. Like we don't like a lot of times give ourselves permission to be beginners. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, the whole scheduling thing, like that's one of those really great options that you can, you know, if you like, for instance, so I wanted to launch my podcast in September, right? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that like, and it's like such a labor of love. And I knew that there was so much great content in there. So I wanted to make sure that like people knew about it and people were, you know, excited about the resource and all that kind of stuff. And that my first episode came out on September 14th. Um, on September 3rd, I had to go in for like a major surgery that ended up having complications. So I was pretty much out of it in the hospital for like almost a week. And like, had I, that would have been a really, really good reason, not even excuse, but like reason to push back everything. Right. Like nobody would have been like, Oh, I can't believe you did that. Like that. But for me, like it would have been more difficult for me to push back my goals. So having all of that content scheduled and having everything ready to go, like almost gave me one less thing to worry about because it was like, it was very like liberating to be able to have that, you know, just that like part of my, part of my life compartmentalized and already taken care of. So that I think is a really, really positive thing about scheduling, um, your content and your marketing, because that way, if you do get crazy busy, say Christmas, and you don't have time to go home and go on Instagram, like you don't have to worry about it because your marketing is still taken care of. Yeah, no, I mean, that's insane to think that you were in the hospital for, you were saying like a week and then like, we knew, I remember you saying like, I'm having some health challenges, but it's like, you know, like you didn't have to, you know, you didn't post your arm in an IV and say podcast can't start. You know, I think sometimes people kind of, and then they feel like they owe everyone an explanation, which you don't, you know, like, um, but I love that, that you had this uh, framework for what you wanted. So like, cause we're all going to hit setbacks. We're all going to, like, I heard something, someone say in this podcast, uh, I was listening to, he said, if you are going to be an entrepreneur, like everything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Do you have the stomach for it? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like that is such a great way to put it because like everything that can go wrong does go wrong at some point. And like, like, I guess it kind of comes back to like, he was saying like, do you want to be someone's number two? Do you want to be an entrepreneurial person in someone else's enterprise? He said, those are my favorite people to work with. But I think what we're talking about and like what you're exhibiting and like, you know, I'm getting ready to have a baby. And so I'm trying to plan things and try to be like, I just because this is happening over here, multiple things can exist at one time. And I think that that's so cool that you know, I mean, that had to be really a, still a very challenging time for you, but then to not have the added stress of like, and now my business won't be what I want it to be on top of my health, on top of all these yeah. other things. 
Exactly. And I think sometimes like we get a little bit of shame almost. I'm going to use the word shame for, you know, caring about things that like when there's other things going on, because like you said, all of these things, like life doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like you, if you wait for everything to be perfect in every other area of your life in order to make moves in other areas, like not much is going to be happening. You know, if you wait for your personal life to be perfect every time you want to do something at work or, you know, wait for work to be perfect every time you want to make a big decision in your personal life, like there is not going to be many decisions being made because that is life. (laughs) Yeah. And I've actually been criticized for that before when someone's like, you know, like you're making it seem like your business is a couple years ago, but like you're making it seem like your business is going so well, but then like you have all this other stuff going on and I'm like, right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that my business isn't going well. Like, I think that we have like in society been kind of like fed this idea that like one part of your life can't be thriving and then have like other things happening at the same time. And I think that we kind of, that's, I think where the shame comes in. Cause it's like, who am I to be enjoying this when over here there's this. And it's like, that's kind of the paradox of life is like learning how to still have joy in the sadness. And so like, I think that's something I struggle with. But then Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people will say things like, like, how authentic is that? And it's like, it's for me, it's very authentic. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, and that's how I felt too. Like I was almost like, um, obviously like when I was in the hospital, I wasn't thinking about anything, but like, I, I kind of thought like after the fact you know, are people going to find out? Cause it's not like, I'm pretty much an open book. I'll talk about, you know, pretty much anything. And, but I wasn't ready. So I wasn't ready to share that because it was still very fresh and it was still very scary, like, um, and traumatic. So I wasn't ready, but I, I also did not want to be consumed by a trauma. So for me, having the ability to still celebrate successes in other ways, it really put things into perspective that like, you know, you can, you can have that joy. Like you just said, like you can have that joy even when things are going badly. But I do remember feeling this like apprehension, like is this, there are some people who probably look at it and think like, oh, that's super fake that you have things scheduled when you're going through all this stuff. But for me, it was like, no, I still created all of this content. Like I still created this. All of this was in the works. So why should I cancel it because something happened, you know? And like, why do I owe you every part of my life? You know, like that's one thing, like, like I, I feel like I've gotten, I think I used to feel like I owed people an explanation for like how I, how I lived or how I, how I, I I remember just feeling like, I know hairstyles will relate to this. Like I remember needing it being so important to me for my, for people to see how hard I worked. But why? Why did I need people to see that I like, like worked so hard or grinded myself into the ground? Like, why was that such a key factor and a driving force in my life? Like, would they not think I was a good person if I didn't like kill myself or like, you know, this idea of like doing my part? Like, why did I need to have a part in everything? Like, I don't put that pressure on other people. So I think it's just just very interesting. See, and that almost like the, what I thought of when you were saying that is like, do people is the expectation that we should give the manufactured authenticity like does is struggle the only authentic thing you know what I mean 
that's something that I like, I love to share struggle. I love to hear other people's and you know, their victories and journeys and everything like that. But like, it's, it's almost like when we talk about authenticity, like it can be authentic joy. It can be authentic, like excitement, like, or it can be sadness or, you know, any of these emotions, but like, it's, it's not for other people to decide what is the real you. Yeah. I actually, as you were talking, got really excited because I saw this amazing video last night that I've been wanting to talk to someone about, and you're just the first person I've talked to and it's come up. So I'm like, great. So that Joe Dispenza, he's just like a doctor. He does really cool stuff with just like energy. And, uh, he had this post yesterday in this little video and he said, like, we're so um, used to when someone says like I had this happen it was hard like we always empathize and go and I thought a hairstylist right away we empathize and we're like oh my god I had a similar thing happen and he's like what we're doing is we're we're both staying in a low energetic frequency where we can both bitch about like where we're at he mm-hmm. said that what you do is you raise your vibration by just like holding space for that person but not going down the complaining Um, or like, I think it's a way that we connect kind of like gossiping by being like, oh my God, I had a same thing happen. Oh, you have, oh yeah. I have a friend just like that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we keep ourselves in this really low vibration, but like, honestly, I haven't met the people I'm meeting and I'm not going where I'm going because I've been doing that stuff. I still will slip back into that. But, but -hmm. for the most part, the people I'm meeting today, like their frequency is so high. Like they don't have time for the complaining. They're keeping it moving. We're we're all striving. We're all reaching. We're all just, um, not that we don't have bad days or anything like that, but I feel like it's just really interesting. This idea that like, like we, I, I think it's more digestible for people to hear about the struggles. Um, and I think that we, I don't know, subconsciously, I think I might even highlight those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think for sure, I think a lot of people probably do. And you're right. Like once you start getting like, you know, I've definitely in the past and like still like nobody's perfect. Like we always fall back into it. But like now that I'm thinking about it at times where before I'd kind of like started making moves, like I'd thought of doing things for so long before I actually took any action. Um, And a lot of it, I think, is because, like you say, like we get into these conversations and it's like, it just, I've walked into the salon one day and, you know, had like a great morning or whatever. And then by the end of the day, you leave so energetically drained because it's almost like a, who had a shittier week competition? Uh, that's not going to lead you anywhere good. Like there's just, there's just yeah. no way. So well, now it's like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So like now that, um, you know, like connecting with people who are really wanting to, and it doesn't mean being happy all the time, like no. at all. It just means like, you know, having perspective and like wanting to, like strive and, you know, go places. And I think the conversations, once you get into those types of rooms and those types of circles are just so different. And that I think is what makes like sustained success possible. Yeah. And when I think of my clients, like I think about people that like, let's say they go to someone else because I don't work the same schedule they need or something like that. They go somewhere else inevitably, whenever they come back, I'll be like, your hair looks awesome. Like, 
whoever did it did a great job because I, I love to do that when I can. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what, what I've noticed and I, what I hear keep coming up with clients, like, you know, clients I like that come back today is they're like, yeah, no, I, I just like seeing you because I find you inspiring. And I think about like, well, how we're showing up behind the chair, like, and how in an effort to empathize with people, we're actually kind of like, in a way, letting them stay where they're at and feeling down. And like, yeah, we both had shitty experiences. Like we both had, as opposed to just like, like kind of that mindset shift, like I, that person didn't come back to me because, because their hair looks better when I do it. They came back to me because they liked how they left feeling and they didn't leave feeling in, in their lives, like, like the way they did when they came in. That literally gave me chills because that is so, so true. What is that quote? It's like people won't remember what you did for them, but they'll remember the way that you made them feel. Yeah. And I love that quote. Yeah. And I can't remember who it is. So I feel bad, but (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the thing, right? It's like, that energetic exchange can can either be really uplifting or it can be really draining and you kind of get to decide. Yeah. It's wild. So like I would love to do one of these strategy sessions. I'm not even just yanking your chain here. But when are you going to start doing these? Where can people like find you? Because like I I know a lot of us want to use this time wisely and kind of like use it as a launch pad for where we want to go. And I feel like you're, you're a piece to that puzzle. Um, so I'm going to start, uh, I'm kind of unofficially offering them right now. So I will not be probably doing like any sort of launch. All it really is, is redoing the website. Um, but yeah, so unofficially now, so people can find me on Instagram. That's usually the best place or on my website, there is a contact form. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's I love that. I'm just excited to get organized. And I think it just allows for like, just like so much more space in our lives. And I know that that's what like we all want. Yeah. And I think it's the cool thing about the business that like, you know, like the coaching and like online service business is that as we hear and talk to more people, we get to evolve to like give them the best thing that they need. So I can't even take credit for this idea fully because it's It's been just a combination of like what I've heard from stylists and salon owners and, you know, coaches in the beauty industry, like that's what they need. And I am just excited. Like for me, it's all about how I can help and how I can like serve the community. So it's really cool to be able to do that. It's so cool. I mean... I, like I said, like when this session, when we're done with this podcast, I want to be like, Jody, what, what's your schedule like this week? As always, I love talking to you. This has been really fun. And uh, yeah, I love, I always love our conversations. So thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Hairstylist Rising and She Makes Waves. It is is always such a pleasure talking to Lindsay. I love her realness and I think we need a lot more of it in our industry. As I would really appreciate if you could take a second to leave a rating on review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I will see you on the next one.